0: Clawhammer here. Welcome to the future. Two true freaks, 2012. And I'm telling you, it's freaking great here. The audio's clean. The connection's clean. Hell, even the scurf is clean. Download averages are way up. Negative feedback is way down. And we have more excellent shows than any other freaking podcasters we communicate with, okay? I'm telling you, this place is freaking great. But it almost wasn't. You see, 23 years ago, before Wayne and Garth, before Beavis and Butthead, the two great ones ran into a few problems, okay? So now, we have to travel back in time to help them out. If we should fail to convince you that this was a freaking awesome movie, the basis of our society will be in danger. Don't worry. It'll all make sense. These guys are professionals. Jesus.
1: Ah, yes, but professional what? That's the question. Hi, I'm uh, Scott Gardner, and joining me as always is my best friend, Chris Honeywell.
0: Dude!
1: And this one is, uh, I have a feeling that uh, that this one is uh, is going to be a big deal. Because, you know, we, we started off, well, by the way, welcome to, what are we going to call this? Are we calling this Commentary Monthly Monday? Is that is that what we decided to, to go it's with?
2: Monthly Commentary Monday something. Yeah, Commentary <laughs> Monthly Monday, I would imagine. I don't know that we're going to bother. Very t- imaginative, I, thought, <laughs> I might add.
0: I don't know
1: that we're going to bother to number these because all of the other Monthly Monday shows are numbered. They all have the same numbering. So if we suddenly start with a new number one, it's going to throw everything a little bit wacky. So I think what we'll just do is we'll, we'll just go with commentary, Monthly Monday, and then and the name just of the And the commentary. title, whatever the commentary. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to go. So while this is the first episode, I don't believe we'll we'll bother numbering them. But anyway, for those of you going, huh, what? What are you talking about? If you go to our forum, which is at forumforgeeks.com, you'll see that we've started a new uh, thread over there where you can go in and suggest things. And the idea was that we'll throw some suggestions out there and then they'll be voted upon every week. That didn't kind of shape up the way I intended it to, but I will be whipping the uh, forum goers into shape here over the uh-huh. coming months and get, getting them used to what uh what the format's going to be basically i'm going to throw some suggestions out there every month for what we might possibly cover and i want an actual vote but i think by a pretty overwhelming margin when this idea came up on the forum to do bill and ted's excellent adventure everybody seemed to get pretty excited about it this this really is uh a cult classic and a fan favorite that a lot of people hold near and dear. So I have to be honest, going into this, I'm a little bit nervous. I really want to do this one. Uh, I want to do it right. I want to do it justice because I too really, really, really love this movie. So uh, just don't
2: mess it up, man. Yeah, I know.
1: I know. That's that's the thing is the pressure's on now. But um, I'm uh, I'm ready to to jump into this. But before we get into this, you know. Part of the problem is I always want to do the, the origin story thing, and then we either get, we get right into the movie and, and we get to talking, you know and, and certain things are coming up that we want to talk about that we either never get to it or we end up tying up a lot of time talking about it. So before we actually start the movie, I say, let's do the, uh, the origin stories on this. So how, how did you first discover uh, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure?
2: That's a really good question. It might have been on video- it was probably on videotape. I don't- I, I know I didn't see this one in the theaters. I remember I wanted to, but I didn't. So, it was probably on videotape. I really don't remember. All I remember is, I always have the same reaction to it. The first ten minutes- first five minutes? I'm annoyed by the characters of Bill and Ted. Ten minutes in, they've both endeared themselves to me and I'm enjoying every second of the movie. I just I remember seeing that and going, why do I want to watch these two obnoxious characters? And then going, oh, oh this is why. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Well, I uh, I definitely not very exciting. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I definitely remember, um, my origin story for this is that I had never heard of this movie. I had no idea what it was, who Bill and Ted were. I don't remember if I knew even who Keanu Reeves was. I knew who uh, Alex Winter was because he had been in The Lost... He was in The Lost Boys prior to this, right? I believe so. I'm pretty sure. I may be remembering that wrong, but I'm pretty sure...
2: I'm sure. That, I'm pretty sure this came after Lost Boys. Yeah, that, that's what I was years. thinking
1: too. So he was actually the one that I knew of the two. If if I knew Keanu Reeves, I, I wasn't really aware of you know of. of I don't think. I think this was his bust out movie. Right. Well, it's still to me you know, the thing that I, I think you know this is what he was best at. You know, I think this this is his best role was playing. Uh, <laughs> which one was he? He was Ted, right? Yeah, he's Ted. So anyway, um, I remember specifically how I discovered the movie was uh, I was working at Saturday matinee in Watertown, New York. I was working at the Salmon Run Mall and I was one of the, the managers there. And I'm not sure exactly who turned me on to the movie. I think it might have been one of the other managers who was you know he was younger and he was more you know into the 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 modern music scene and stuff like that i I right. think, but I, I could be wrong anyway, I remember it it was on our playlist, and I'd never seen it, didn't know what it was, and it instantly won me over because of the way the movie opened. There's something about that song by Big Pig that I just love. And it sucked me right in, and uh, and yeah, and I really, I've I've always dug it ever since. And it was one of those things where you know, working at a video store where we could play movies, and this for the most part's a fairly family-friendly movie. You know, there's there's very few parts that you know you had to worry about anybody you know uh, complaining about or anything like that. They're,
2: they're, they're done very well. They're done very yeah. tastefully, but there's. There's a level of crudity in here, but, you know, I mean, by today's standards, it's tame, and it was played for those who understood it, you know? It was played over the heads of kids, mostly. Right.
1: And uh, and I just, it became one of those things where I, I had seen it or listened to it so many times from it playing that uh, I've gotten to a point where I pretty much got the movie memorized. And, uh, and it's just, you know, one of my absolute favorites. So, yeah, that's my origin story with it. So, anyway... I think we got nothing else, but uh, going ahead and getting right into this. So we're both paused, right at the uh, the zero zero mark. As soon as we are, we're gonna hit the uh, the play button here. We'll go straight into the uh, Metro Goldwyn Mayer logo on this. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. indeed. So, w'e ready to do a little uh, little countdown here. Yes, sir. All right. So here we go. Paused at zero, zero, and we're going to go in three. So one, two, three. Nice puppy. Kitty. (laughs) Maybe I got a milk bone.
2: (laughs) He said milk bone.
1: (laughs) So there were other big movies at the time that were under the Orion. What was it? Robocop, I think, is one of them. Is -hmm. that right? I believe so, but don't quote me on that. I think maybe one of the Terminator movies, maybe maybe the first two. I can't remember, but I remember they're gone now, though, right?
2: They were one of the ones that folded. Is that right? Probably. I I think they that they were possibly. See, that's the thing is, I never was big on. I'm a film student, but I was never big on like the companies and box office stuff but right. they may have been they may have been an offshoot of a, a major company that just got shut down you right. know like um you know like disney has a bunch of those that you know are are you know they're basically bankrolled by disney but they're doing indep- you know this one does independent movies this one does kids based movies you know stuff like that well i remember that
1: this was a time where there were a number of movies in the 80s that came out under the banner of some film studio that ended up having financial problems or ended up folding or whatever. And then they became really hard to find on video. And I can't right. remember if bill and Ted was one of those movies or not, but I know that definitely like say something like the monster squad was, was on that right. list.
2: But well, I, I think bill and Ted was popular enough to where it was profitable to keep it available. Right. Right. At all times, it's really funny. Looking at this, it totally reminds me of computer animation. You know what I mean? Yeah, it totally has that look of computer animation until you get really close, and you can sort of see the scuffs on. Yeah, I love that. I love this opening,
1: though. It's great. See, you know, it it makes me feel especially proud that in in, you know, in, in some small way, I feel like I contributed to to the popularity of this film. You know, as a as a cult classic, because. I remember playing this. We you were just probably the one who showed all the it to time. me. And and you know, every time we would have it on the on the playlist, people would be, you know, they'd be just mesmerized by by some point of the movie where they would just stop and look up at the monitor and go, "What what is this movie?"
2: Because think of the concept of the, I mean, Chris Chris Matheson's one of the writers, so he's a really good writer, the right? And and the whole concept of this it's it's got a little bit of the Terminator time travel story, but they, of course, there, there's a little rip on it. It's just, it's sort of like Buckaroo Banzai, where it doesn't fit in any category. It's got a little after-school special to it. It's, it's, you know what I mean? It's sort of like, hey, you know, and it's, it's, it, it also has the feel of maybe like a, a Saturday Night Live skit characters you know like uh well this is before wayne's world too well you know it's funny
1: that you say that because yeah it was it was before wayne's world and you know i've never heard this movie properly credited as as inspiring say wayne and garth or here's some butthead but, at, but look i cannot what we're looking help at right now
2: feel that they grew out of bill and Ted. oh yeah look at right now with the video camera videotaping each other in the air guitar yep. you know at, at at key points of of celebration and the sort of the sort of characters being stupid and intelligent stupid, at the same yeah. time yeah stupid but also intelligent and also in control of the situation you know not Right. You know, not incompetence or or just sort of improbably. You know, <laughs> they're they're par- everything about it is a parody. It's funny that you cough at the moment that their amps explode. I thought <laughs> I that know. was pretty funny. <coughs> I really swallowed get, it wrong. Scott um, really gets into these movies, you gotta kinda <laughs>
1: But no, I mean I, I think the whole, you know, being being kinda you know, they're not necessarily stupid. They're just, you know, they're they're the typical um, metal I just want to. I just want to note. I just want
2: to note that when Scott was coughing, I also farted, and now it stinks. <laughs> <laughs> so what timing that was! You're coughing, I'm smelling a stinky fart just as your amps explode and the smoke pours out. Just a little too much information for the 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 listeners, the viewers, <laughs> their viewers now, because probably they're watching Bill and Ted along with us. I have a nasty feeling that
1: most people do not watch along with the commentaries, which I don't know whether well, that annoys me or, or what, you know?
2: Nah, I think most but I people don't. I, I mean, think most people have seen, are like us and have probably seen, when they by the time they're listening to the commentary, they've seen the movie enough times that they know what we're we're talking about it's a bit it would it's kind of a production to, to You know what I never caught a podcast moments
1: and, a lot like back to the future right there where, you know, you have the opening and then, you, you know, the, the cuckoo clock goes off and they realize
2: they're late for school. And this guy is a great character actor. Yeah, he, he was the he, um, he was the the head of the Trilambas in Revenge of the Nerds, too. He's just got that great poker face and. He in, was uh,
1: Felix Leiter in uh, never say never again. Ah oh,
0: right, right.
2: He's he's just he's just great. And I and and it's funny because watching this as an adult, I now like can can feel for this teacher more, the teacher character in this where right. you know when I first watched this it's like ah oh, the kid, teacher the stodgy old teacher's giving him shit, but I could totally see this guy's just like oh and like Maury Clawhammer said in the intro, you know, they're, they're, it's Beavis and Butthead. There they are in the back of the room, you know. Except they're just a lot less. They're 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 completely. They're, they're nice guys, you know. They're not dis, They're not there to d- be disrupt or even be disrespectful. They're just. It's, it's, it's weird because this movie is about that Southern California, you know type of person that we don't know you know you and I grew up in the Is that wham on his shirt? I think it is.
1: <laughs> I know I'm going to end up saying this probably about 4000 times during this uh episode but let's right, we'll start with number I 1 I miss the 80s so
2: mm, not bad me. not me Really? Oh no, no sir. I, the, I thought the 80s were one of the Cheesiest time were what
1: I enjoyed. Uh, Come no. on, dude! The best comics came out in the eighties. The best movies came you out in why? the eighties. You know Maybe why? Because we were styles, young in the eighties. The weren't weren't necessarily. It's I think that the, age the attitudes thing again. of the time were were better. You yeah. know. Men were still men and women were still women, and, and no.
0: In the eighties, come on, that was a time
2: of Boy George and and uh, come on when, when yeah, you look at the even the heavy
0: guy. metal even in the my, heavy metal it,
2: guys were looking really yeah, gay my, in the eighties. Boy George
1: and and stuff like, but people were still looking at him and going, "What a freak," you know. Whereas you know these, I don't know. It's just I, I'm 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 treading dangerous. Ground. people just...
2: people were look well, well let's look at this way people were looking at boy George and going what a freak but at the same time he was selling a gazillion to oh, yeah. records and you know I mean the 80s were the first time where being a freak didn't prevent boy like I I, I have to admit I was homophobic big time in the 80s uh, everybody was in Carthage pretty much probably except for people who were homosexual and I remember first seeing boy George and just be like oh yeah whatever and but i like the music i like the you know i like i would hear the music on the radio and be like this is really good and i would listen to it and Look at all the books he's got i know sure missy I mean, you see all this is these jokes are like about lifestyles of this part of the con- you know hit, you know um um ted ted's dad's a cop and bill's dad is the you know mushy gushy liberal and but even from not being there, you can still identify with these characters and the, the situations, and that's says a lot about this movie. I mean, I wonder how they sold this, you know, because this was, like, before Wayne's World, they couldn't compare it to anything, and it doesn't make sense as a story. It doesn't make sense as an idea, and it works perfectly. This is like that. Twisted oh, Sister video. History, what yeah, it it is, life? actually. <laughs> except, i never thought of that before, but you're absolutely right. What do you want to do with <laughs> your life? Yeah, except he doesn't turn into D. Snyder and drag his dad down the stairs by the hair. <laughs> the guy's got a funny-shaped head, too. Yeah, well, they, 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 this is just a collection of great character actors. He's a great, grizzled... He's like the tough cop that's not really tough and is acting tough. I... I love it. The characters are cartoony, but they keep adding little shades here. In the the character of Missy, who's their age. See,
1: I completely just. I don't think they're cartoony at all.
2: I I find them on first glance. They are, but as as by by what? How far are we in? About ten minutes. By ten minutes, they've they've they they started out looking like two idiots. They keep adding little shades here and there. By ten minutes in, you've got a fully fully formed characters of real people, and that's that's a really amazing feat of writing and acting. You know, I, I mean, it's goofy, but to make this thing work took a lot of skill and talent. <laughs> and, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm in awe of it. There's a little Terminator-looking scene with Rufus's glasses. And who... Oh, what musician does that big black guy remind you? Was it the? It's he's got. He a is a Claren- musician. Yeah, he
1: is. All three of those people are actually famous.
2: Is that Clarence Clemens from Bruce Springsteen's band? Um, maybe
1: not. Sh- I'm not familiar enough to tell you who it is, but I do know that he was somebody They're famous. They're all musicians. I don't yeah.
2: recognize the other two at, at, at all. There's another musician that I'll recognize later on as as we go. And I love that pushing the two buttons. And I and. What's funny is they were actually supposed to have a van was going to be
1: the time machine in this, and they thought that that would be too close to Back to the Future and the mm. DeLorean, so they changed it to a phone booth, and evidently nobody stopped to think about uh, Doctor, Doctor Who. Doctor
2: Who. It's a little Doctor Who and Superman, but there's a, a lot of tribute being played. Uh, this
1: right here reminds me of something like you and I would, you know, when we're this sitting around we brainstorming, and we, you know, one of us jumping on the bed
2: and one of us sitting there writing down yep. writing the script as the other yep. as we were talking yeah it was a total writers <laughs> meeting <laughs> it's, it's funny though it's i his their room oh was, wait was uh,
0: right
2: here madball
1: Okay. He doesn't say welcome to the Hall of Presidents and I don't believe that Washington ever spoke in the Hall of Presidents. Well, yeah, it's but. Bill
2: and Ted. That's the that's the humor of it. that's the humor of it. Whoa. <laughs> it's your mom. Um nitpick, his room's too clean. And some of the stuff in his room is Almost like not what, but I don't know what a kid in that part of the country. I love this scene with the dad. Yeah. Dad's just like, yeah, whatever.
1: <laughs> I want to know what the story with that giant freaky looking head in the background is.
2: See, it's little details like that. That that grilled cheese, those grilled cheese sandwiches are burnt to a crisp. <laughs> I know. They're the shittiest grilled cheese. Look at him; he's looking at it right now, and he's thinking, oh, this is a crappy looking grilled cheese sandwich." You know what? I don't care. I don't care. I don't like care. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> I do. Believe it or not, that's how I like my grilled cheese. I like. I do too. Singed like mm-hmm. that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I, <laughs> I love <laughs> this. That kind of reminds me of my dad.
0: You know I was going to say I don't that think but he, I thought you'd be offended so
2: He never he never he never locked me out of my room like that. Yeah, my dad wasn't as like wasn't like the the sort of professor type but yeah, but my dad would always have some ladies over and be like, "Why do you go why do you go hang out with your friends?" It, it would like,
1: be many, many, many,
2: many years before I saw my first Circle K. Well, that's what I was going to say. I thought Circle K was something they made up for this movie because it's all, you yeah. know, it was in a whole yeah. different part of the country. So I thought, exactly. ah, they're yeah. just making their version of Seven Eleven. But, Dude,
1: the first—I don't remember who I was driving with, you know, who I was riding with. But the first time I actually saw my first Circle K, I totally—you must have been like, just like, "What?"
2: I was like, "Oh wow, I'm circling. And whoever I was with was looking at me like, "Yeah," I thought it was some sort of Bubba Gump shrimp sort yeah. of thing, <laughs> or, you know? They actually built a after, a after Bill and Ted's. That's amazing. Is that Wham? I'm trying to. No, that's a 5150. That's a Van Halen. See, Van Halen even looked gay in the in the 80s. <laughs> You couldn't <laughs> tell Van Halen from Wham!
0: All right, I don't think Eddie Van Halen uh, was getting caught
2: in men's rooms, though. Like. Here's something to uh, note in this movie. Mm-hmm. it's
1: a major paradox in this. Yes. That Rufus never names himself. He never gives his name. They learn his name from their future selves that arrive in just a few minutes. Yes. Walk <laughs> over to him and go, hey, Rufus!
2: And that's how they <laughs> learn his name. So it's actually a giant paradox in the movie. There's a lot of things that Bill and Ted seem to learn in this movie by osmosis right <laughs> by not even actually see you know you know when they give their whole historical you know speech it's like where did they learn that stuff there's also a little continuity error in here that I'll point out at the at the second part of it since it'll make more sense then but when we revisit this there's something that i I'm gonna renote it now because I sort of noted it last night but I didn't go back to this part so now I'm Gonna keep my eyes peeled. And the, and this this sort of thing is is a little trite now, but at the time this was just this sort of stuff was just hilarious.
1: There are uh, there are so many lines that came out of this movie too. You know, like strange things are afoot at the Circle K. And this scene right here has got to be one of the most famous scenes in movie history. Oh, 69, dudes. How many times
2: have we used that? I don't know that? how many times I've quoted that. Or, well, me and you, and um, when I used to work with this guy, Heiko, there were so many times where somebody you know, would come back and be try do something and be like, well, we'll make the decision. Pick a number between blah, blah, blah. And, and Heiko and I would always look at each other, and they'd be like, what's your number? Would, they'd ask one of us. Both of us would do 69, dude. Blah, 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 and everybody would be like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and i love wow they got a lot of dialogue in that <laughs> yep yep. <laughs> that three seconds hey
1: where's the top of the uh the phone booth
2: oh the the antenna yeah huh <laughs> yeah there's a little there's, there's a bit there's a bit of continuity errors
1: I like the little spinny pattern on the ground, too. It reminds me again. I like
2: the, the fire trails of the DeLorean in Back mm-hmm. to the Future. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a big 80s effect. Is they really liked animating you know, the little power thing. And now that I see my continuity error is, um, in fact, not accurate, it, it it does match up. So I was wrong. So I won't mention it later unless I find something else.
1: Well, you know, I've, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. It, it's these movies with the practical effects that I think hold up really, mm-hmm. really well.
2: Yeah, they. I mean, your eye is so working on so many unconscious levels that it picks up on computer-generated stuff. That's all there is to it. No oh, I see. How the good antenna comes up after. Comes okay, in. I missed that before. But
1: still, I don't think it was on top
2: of the other one that just disappeared. Well in that time shouldn't they have had like the bubblegum fixed one, you know, technically. And I love this this here. Basically what he says the circuits of time. So they're in a computer right now. Right. Traveling through a computer that has all of time on its memory circuits or something like that. That's awesome. Or it's saying the universe is a is some sort of computer. And it's got a little bit of string theory going on there in nineteen eighty nine with with all the parallel strings which are probably all parallel features.
1: That's cool. These
2: these are some great sets here in medieval times. They really look they really got took the time to look at that cart. That is some old wood on the cart and you know, that may seem like well of course, but if you notice a lot of movies that have these, they'll find a set like this but
1: yeah, but it's only the set though. All this footage is from another movie. Oh, well this is the,
2: this is the most stocked footage of I mean that's just a total gag of it being stocked. Uh, yeah, stock it, looks, footage. it looks like
1: a like a money python. Yeah, or I was going to
2: say exactly it's like when Monty Python would show the old ladies clapping and stuff and then they cut right to right to but you know, they could have fudged this around a little but those are real old tents and when you look in the background they're set up with the real tables with candles on them and everything there. They really put some time and effort into this. There's so so many character. It must be playing Napoleon must just be great. There's so many great movies with Napoleon as a comic character. Well, he's I like that the, he's really speaking French in this yes, too. That, That's I what that I like about nice this detail. movie. Well, yeah, this is the, the, this. Everybody's like Bill and Ted. What a dumb movie! But guess what? It's a little more no, realistic because yeah. everybody speaks the real language. You know, there's you, it, no. In, I, in, I'm uh, glad you brought
1: that up because that was actually one of my uh, things about this. Is that you know, thankfully, this is a movie that that I think most people hold. In, you know, that that have seen the movie hold in pretty high regard. You know, I mean, I I just watched this not long ago, probably within the past couple of months. Because my kids had never seen it. And again, this was one of those ones where I was a little bit afraid that they'd watch it. And, you know, one of dad's cheesy old 80s movies and they wouldn't. But they, they loved it. They, you know, they they got it. They under, you know understood what it was going for. And, you know, sure, the hairstyles and the clothes might be a little out of date. But they really enjoyed the movie. And my wife really likes this she sat down and watched it with me and you know so many of the things that i watch and that yeah. i like you know like star trek or what you know she just rolls her eyes but she, you know she was chuckling along with it it's this a, was a movie she remembered from it's her a childhood. charming movie yeah.
2: it, it this is movie is very very charming but it, it's it's you you know, not saccharine it's not stupid it, you it you makes know. it fools you it makes you think it's going to be stupid and stupid jokes and, right and it was Wayne's world sort of copied that where you were like, you have these two idiot characters and then you have some very witty stuff going on with I mean, their this si- involving totally the situations,
1: been, you know, a, 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 a brain dead eighties movie about a couple of stoner teenagers. They you could know, have been parodies schlup- yeah, in their way through it. Like a, like a Cheech and Chong or something. But instead you have actually got something that's, that's well-researched, well thought out. It's funny. It's well-directed. And, well, if uh, if
2: you notice the characters of Bill and Ted, the the the, the people that they're basing them on in reality probably would be on pot, but you you get the feeling that Bill and Ted, yeah, they don't, you they they definitely are like. Oh, look at the King, King Kong poster in the background. Yes, right on. And there was a Mad Ball on the end of uh, on the end of Bill's bed in his room too. <laughs> Another favorite toy of mine. Not, I never got one. A favorite, but just a. Great design! Oh, the part toy. The,
1: the balloon says "Party on, dude!" on it. That was cool. Does
2: it? Yeah. I love that. I, I I love you get to see all the characters have that moment where they're going, "Is this real? What the right. hell is going on?" And is that kid really Keanu Reeves' little brother? Because he looks like Keanu Reeves. He looks like he would be his little brother. He does, but I don't think he
1: is. I see Deacon's room looks very authentic. I think as far yes. as there's candy wrappers in the bed and stuff like that.
2: Right, right.
0: Alone, don't.
2: <laughs> All right sit down. I love this eighties. 80s, what 80s is this? <laughs> twisted sister pin on your uniform (laughs) you're worthless and i have
1: not thought about that video in 20 or 30 years dude. watch
2: watch it again no watch it again now and you will see it as a masterpiece of hilarious hilarious slapstick oh i always thought that was a funny video
1: up until the music starts and then that's when i would change the channel (laughs)
2: It's, it, it's it, like it, a David
1: Lee Roth video. David Lee Roth videos yeah. were absolutely hysterical until the music started, except for one or two. Like, um, Just a Gigolo. Just a Gigolo
2: is I one remember of my into that my favorites. I love that video. In your and younger days song, when you too, were yeah. a Gigolo, and everywhere you go, people knew the part Scott was playing Officer Van Halen. Yeah, Van Halen was big in 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 late 70s, 80s, in like uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, yeah, th- these guys are very – especially um, Bill well, Alex, are very – um Alexander
1: looks very, very much like uh, – Spicoli. Like uh, – what's his name? Sean Penn, yes. Sean Penn, Spicoli so, in, yeah. in,
2: in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And Spicoli was a stoner. But, you know – Bill and Ted, they, they want to portray them as just being naturally like this, you know. It's something about living in Southern California right. and being a, and you know. And it's also something about just how, and and you and I can attest to this, the, the dumbness of being, of young teenagers, you know, just before you start, you know, hooking up with girls, you know, when you're just, when you're hanging out with your buddies and stuff, how you just feel... Eddie's to be as dumb as possible as (laughs) this podcast often attests. I love the guy that goes
1: in the house and he's humming
2: to himself and farting and But it's awesome. It's like a, it, this is like very authentic. Look at his, he's got Randy Gardner hair. You know, cause, <laughs> all they all, all in, the <laughs> <laughs> in the old West. He's smoking a cigar to cover the smell. The only thing that I was waiting for was him to wave their hands in front of their noses and be just like, whoa, where are we, dude? This stinks here. But this like is. It's just like Frontierland. I'm sure it is Frontierland, yeah. I love that. I <laughs> forgot about
1: that line. That's awesome. Howdy, partner. Howdy.
2: Watch out for the back, I like the people just sort of let them be, and the one guy's like, "Howdy." <laughs> but it's they, it's fun in these movies to they need imagine to have the
1: three old guys from Back to the Future Three going, "Take a look, see we're just breezed in the door." <laughs>
2: <laughs> Somebody's priority edited that on. Uh, I, and these are re- those are real bottles, real old bottles yeah. of beer. Look at they got the the um, ceramic caps on them. I lo- all the, the. There's just an eye for detail in this movie. It's. It, I mean, this this could just so easily be, and and it's very close to your regular back lot western set you know but there's just little details that you would see more in something like you know uh um a, oh they, yeah they could have definitely thing. cheaped out but yeah it it really does because there's i've been to these those old west towns in like colorado and stuff where that you go you could go into a bar like this and you see them in movies all the time but uh Dude, for over 20
1: years, I have watched this movie over and over and over and over again. And every time I would watch it and see this guy playing Billy the Kid, I liked his character. And I kept looking at him going, I know this guy from something. And it wasn't until, I mean, very, very, very recently that I finally found out who he is. And I felt like a major idiot when I realized who he is. He's rammed. He's oh, Ram from Tron
0: God, and yeah. I
1: never recognized him as, you know, no, as rammed.
2: he's, he does that same like little bug eyed thing where he'll widen up his eyes and be just like, Rrr. yeah. Yep. Oh my God. It's so obvious now that you see it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Look, now I that guess. I see it, it's like, Oh yeah. How did I not? Yeah. But you know, you're just, yeah, well, I'm even dumber than you because you had to tell me. So don't feel bad. I I somebody would've. told me. I read it
1: somewhere. Somebody told me, or something. But once, once I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god! How did I not mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. it's that?"
2: The great little bar brawl here. <laughs> swings, the, swings him out the window. Of course, you, you know, it's got everything. You gotta all have the old the, West all
1: cliches, the cliches, yeah. All
2: the breakaway glass, and somebody goes out the window and.
1: <laughs> wait a minute where did he get the oh wait that okay that must have been the shirt that was tied around his waist before
2: right 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 when you see him when you see him together with themselves and that you can tell the old the the ones who've been through the adventure because they've taken their shirts off and tied them around their waist because they've exerted themselves i like how keanu reeves goes back to he's just like i'm about to get beat up wait <laughs> <laughs> Keanu Reeves hasn't really done much comedic acting after this. It's too bad because it's really what he's suited for. Well, he did The Matrix, so I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm trying to think See, of what the I list... like him
1: in this. It's, oh yeah, it's, it's when he he tried to go beyond his range, where he to me he became a parody. You know, where it's like. Well, you know, and he you and I have made the joke so many times, you know, some some big serious movie, you know, Hamlet starring you know, Keanu Reeves or whatever, because I just this is how I see him. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry if that means, you know, st- uh, typecasting. That, but that this guy is... with the
2: gun in the middle, the fat guy, doesn't he look like Barry O'Brien from Black <laughs> River? He's like the yes, spitting man. image of Barry O'Brien. And that's what Barry O'Brien would be doing if he was in the old days. <laughs> He's got a nerf football. <laughs> Now, this guy that plays uh,
1: Socrates, did you ever see uh, Scrooge with Bill Murray? Yes. At the very beginning of the movie, right after he received his visitation from the the Jacob Marley stand-in, and he's awaiting the first ghost coming to him, he starts to have that little meltdown in the in the restaurant. Uh huh. Guy that plays the waiter is the same the guy Socrates. that plays Socrates in this. Yeah, and it's so weird to hear him speak English in that movie. And he's dead now, which it, it makes hurt. me very sad. There's so many people in this movie that <laughs> the, are no longer with yeah. us. It's
2: uh, It just it George, both breaks. George my Carlin's one of my heroes yeah, of all George time. So. Yeah.
1: yeah, George Carlin, Socrates. And there was somebody else I was because I was looking at some of the other things these guys had done. But. I've decided I'm going to stop doing stuff like that. I like to just be able to bring my own knowledge, you know, rather than looking up and going, "Oh, I didn't know, you know, they were in this that or the other thing." Like the thing with Socrates and and oh, Scrooge, yeah. I, you know, that was something I actually I remember watching Scrooge for the first time and going, "Oh my god, it's Socrates as a waiter, you know." So great. So what are you
2: doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't
2: know. It's really it. it I it's I'm I'm split here. on the performance of not as much the performance, but the character of Socrates, he becomes sort of the most cartoony of all, except for Napoleon. But Napoleon was cartoony, it sounds like, in real life anyway. But, he, you know, his his reactions all through the whole thing are very, uh, almost like a little kid or a, or, or a simpleton. Right. Maybe it's the language barrier, but he's very... But then I was like, Socrates maybe thinks he's having a hallucination or a dream or something. <laughs> I <think he's, laughs> maybe I think he's very enamored of of Bill and Ted. Yeah, and, and 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 I like how there's just so many details. Okay, the first the first two they have are Socrates and Billy the Kid, and they 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 got the two of them here, and they and they they and they form a bond. Because he's like, hey, you know, Billy the Kid, keep your eye on Socrates. And by the end of the movie you could tell Billy the Kid and Socrates are kinda of better friends because they've been together through the whole thing.
0: Right. Uh, just little
2: character things that never would have you know, they could have just been okay, now they're they're at the Renaissance fair, you know, it could have been that, you know. I always love these hat the, these rena the medieval style hats that make you look like a cone head there. They make you look like John Gras, I think. Everybody who wears those kinds <laughs> of hats in medieval days has like two teeth. It's
1: just
0: a model. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, dude. Billy, guard the booth. The watch so.
2: well, I wonder is why he's calling him Socrates because he's been ca- pronouncing he it right. It was only Billy the Kid that was... <laughs> They're playing football. And, and, and another great joke that I just got is, you know, they call him Socrates. Oh. Billy the Kid calls him Socrates. But Socrates is like, you know, Socrates. <laughs> you know, right. so that's the real way to... So nobody pronounces his name right <laughs> at all. You know, even even... I mean, um, Steve Martin used to do a joke on his album where he would mispronounce, he would call him greats" and everyone would laugh. But it's funny that even the, cor- the quote unquote correct pronunciation is incorrect. The Van Halen actually does look a lot like it says Wham too. <laughs> now this scene is so stupid. But I just love it because this is what these two heavy metal dudes would do. They would just start beating the shit out of each other, you know and 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 fucking around, you know they're in a suit of they can't resist <laughs> because they're in a suit of armor, and it's just so cool. See <laughs> This reminds me of bed knobs and broomsticks a little bit there's a lot there's a lot of little Disney nods in here, I think. They start doing *The Empire Strikes Back*. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) I love that their T-shirts are hanging out the back of their armor. But I love it. That looks like a real. It probably is a real. You know, old. There's just there's just so many details. There's gonna be chickens walking around. I I love a movie that has chickens walking around. See, now I'm getting sucked into it. Actually, this, I was thinking this yesterday when I was watching it. A roll down w- stone stairs in a suit of armor would probably kill you. Because <laughs> the armor would be, get you would get crushed like you were inside a tin can. No. Murder.
1: I like this part. <laughs> You know, somebody else that, that really deserves a lot of credit on this movie is, uh, is David Newman, you know, because there's so much of this movie that is actual rock music and all it's, mm-hmm. it's easy to forget that the movie is scored as well. And I really like Newman's score for this. I like it a whole lot because there's a movie, uh, there's a moment a little bit later in this. that's again, one of my favorite scenes in, in movies where, uh, you know they've they've had to do that very slapdash repair on the antenna to the booth and it shows them all piled in and there's a pan by you know there's a pan basically from the bottom of the booth up and it goes past Ted's leg and he's got a patch on his leg that says save the humans yes and it shows them and they're all looking scared like is this actually going to work you know and the music in that scene is just it's it's so well directed you know but the music really sells the scene I like this scene a whole lot, but but Ted's explanation of having fallen out of the scene is his completely <laughs> ridiculous.
2: Well, towards the, towards the end of the movie, there's there's a few things that that that, that don't necessarily make sense. In in <laughs> <laughs> Dickweed was really funny. In those yeah, days. Was... I like that he chops up some lettuce. You know, uh... <laughs> oh God, that looks like it would hurt. What? Getting like, hit with a turkey leg? Yeah.
1: I like the sound too of the birds tweeting.
2: Okay. Yeah, I know it's coming.
1: <laughs> oh, I miss the '80s so much. I think you
2: could. I think you can get away. I. I no, think, there's no way you yeah. would get away with that. I think day. you could get away with that. Not all the time, but you could no. get away with it in a Bill and Ted adventure because no. they could say. It's their characters, dude. I will bet
1: you twenty bucks that when Bill and Ted Three comes out, if it ever does, that that's
2: not a joke. That there's, they do in there's there. there's already a modern version of that that's used in humor all the time. It's the no homo. It's where like it's what the this here's where I get the sound old. It's where the 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 young kids of today when they when you know two guys are talking about something and one of the guys says you know hey I love you dude no homo you know or. Or you know anything that could be taken that way, you follow it up with no homo just to make sure that they know that it wasn't meant homo. So uh, never you could have they before. they would that's what they would have said they would have said no homo after they would have hugged but the it would have been the same joke they would not have they would not have oh, se- se- dropped the f bomb. I like how they like it's funny that they they invented the whole dumb. But formal speaking the whole like I'm gonna hold my hand over my heart and put the other hand in front of me and recite and I like that he said recite some lyrics and he actually made up lyrics I thought like some Iron Maiden lyrics were gonna come I thought it was kind of um, kind of lame of Bill and Ted not to have taken the princesses with him when they had the chance, and left him to marry the old ugly men. God, that guy's ugly. <laughs> Off to the right, that guy's like a frog, a toad. I wonder if those are the guys that she's they're they're supposed to marry. I'm betting that's what the the whole idea is. It's a father, they're betrothed, and then the muscle behind him. And I like how he's just walking in, going, "I can't believe I'm doing this in my own house." <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: one of the best. <laughs> I I remember that being one of the best lines yep. when I first saw this. Is good. It was that in the trailer. Awesome. Yes, yes, yes. That's just that's just classic. Another thing. Well, I guess there's a little bit of blood stain on their chopping blocks. This reminds me of um, Army of Darkness <laughs> where they're coming in with the car.
0: He fell from the sky.
1: Well, something that was pointed out to me was that the way they end up escaping in this, with the executioners actually being their friends and setting them free. I guess there's a scene like that in The Three Musketeers. And this oh. this director, whose name I. Completely forget. Ended up directing Disney's Three Musketeers oh. a few years after that. I don't know if that scene is is played out again in that. But I just thought that that was interesting.
2: I believe there was something similar to that in History of the World Part One too. Could With be a, where somebody where Mel Brooks got saved by I think Gregory Hines was it. I've only ever seen that movie one time. Oh, I love that movie. It's not his gr- greatest comedy, but it's got it's got its moments. Plus it had that being, Margaret Hume's in it who is from Black River.
1: I remember that movie being Virgin. on and my mother you know how my mother was. So yeah, She's your mother was awesome. raising no hell way. like why are you letting him watch this? Turn the channel. He should well that one had this. a lot
2: of religious humor, you know, it had a lot of ripping on I I you know. It started out ripping on caveman, but I believe I there remember was some having Jesus a lot of jokes, jokes and stuff. In it, and which well, is yeah, it's Mel Brooks. Like. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Oh, there's always sheep or chickens running ahead of something. Right. But once again, these are just beautiful sets that they're running through and trashing here. Classic. There's always scaffolding that's gonna get pulled down. It's just every. All, all the, that was all missing little... was a fruit cart. Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, the, the parallels between this and and the Back to the Future movies, you know, a, a lot of them were, you know, I, I never really noticed before, but there really are a lot of them.
2: I think they're having fun. Some fun. Back to the Future was a few years before this, right? Was, right. So yeah, I think there. Yeah, I definitely think there was just the first one at this point too.
1: Because mm-hmm. this is what eighty nine, so 89,
2: yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, got
1: one. Let's go. I like that. Yeah, it's this guy's mace that damages the thing, isn't it?
2: Yeah, he, that that was, that's the. He just got it as a. Oh, this were, is where they
1: wind. Oh no, this is where they wind up in the future. I was thinking this is where they wound up in San Dimas, but this is where they wind up in the future.
2: You see, I can't figure out if these guys know there's I always was when I first saw this. I was under the assumption that these guys knew they were going to show up at this time and are like waiting for them. But now I don't no. feel so sure. Now I think no. it's just sort of like you know all the this is basically like Jesus just popping into a church somewhere and being like, <laughs> "Hey, how you dudes doing?" And like not knowing that you know who he is, you know. I I love those moments in time travel stuff. And it, and uh, this was something I brought up. You, I uh, that's why you weren't you weren't there. And um, first contact is where you had Riker where well, you have people meeting somebody that's their idol and their idol doesn't, know, you know, in some sort of time travel thing and they get to, you know, these guys are just like, holy shit, it's Bill and Ted, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> and, and they're very threatening looking, but at the same time, these guys are like in awe. <laughs> this is just, this is so 80s, the whole vibe of this whole scene.
1: It is, but you know what, at the same rate, I was thinking about this today,
2: you know, not just the way it got to give
1: this movie some props because, you know, we totally missed this when we, you, I remember you and I talking and I can't remember if this was in an episode or not. It might've just been us just sitting around, just shooting the breeze, but we were talking about projections of the future, you know, and how shy of star Trek, you know, and, and say like Disney. There aren't any positive projections of the future any, this anymore. This is an awesome, pro- and this, this is, is an, awesome, an awesome, yeah. And I totally forgot about this one. That yeah, if these guys pass their history exam, right. the the future that they're g- going to help to create is awesome. It's totally a Star Trekian future, you know.
2: It's and like, a I heavy like that metal stoners Star Trekian. Well, future. yes, it's but you know, still,
1: you know, I, I I like that. I mean, this is you know. You hear the term, or you used to hear the term bandied about a lot, you know, a feel-good movie. But I think that's one of the secrets of success with this movie is, you know, it's got a lot of heart. And at the end of the day, you walk away from this movie
2: with a smile on your face. Well, here's a here's movie that you reminded me of one of the main points I want to make on, on this movie. This movie doesn't really have, a, this is very Star Trekian too, it doesn't really have a bad guy. There's, you know, I mean, really, it has a problem that they have to pass their test. Their teacher isn't a bad guy. He's doing his job, and he actually, you know, has, you can tell he, he likes Bill and Ted. He just wants them to think. <laughs> so there isn't, you know, there isn't like a force of evil in this. There isn't like time. There, ti- well, time is like something that they're coming up against, but it's right. not evil. There's, there's not you're an right. antagonist.
1: Yeah. I never thought about that before, but you're absolutely right. Yeah,
2: ever, everybody is pretty cool in this movie. And they could there's have some totally security s- guards that are dicks and stuff, but you know, those are just minor authority characters. There's <laughs> the, these the, piggy guys are dicks. The writers,
1: these two guys right here. One of them is Chris Matheson, and the other
2: one's the other whatever the other guy's name is. They're great. They're so condescending. I'm guessing this guy's Chris Matheson. He looks like a he looks like Carol Ramus. Ooh, I
1: love that <laughs> it's ice cream.
2: I love how they I, I, like last I, I, I love that Napoleon's just a big little kid, and that he's just like, well, I'm Napoleon, I'm gonna dominate all these kids for now
1: <laughs> and he actually was a big fan of ice cream in real life, supposedly
2: another movie that needs to get brought up in reference to this speaking of Napoleon being in it was time Bandits. Mm. was another good sort of time travel movie featuring Napoleon and comedic that I'm sure this is having a little bit of, you know, it it has a lot of the same historical eras in it, you know. But I love that this is just sort of a general parody that they made for the movie. It's not an offshoot of something. It's totally... it had to be a labor of love. It had to be someone's inspiration. It couldn't have been... This couldn't have been put together in, like, a studio <laughs> a boardroom, you know, of, like, let's make a commercial movie. Is this CGI, this this stuff with the... It might be early CGI, yes. It looks a little too slick and
1: polished for that, but at the same rate, I'm not sure how else they, they might have done that. That's it could be cool. a
2: combination of, of such, but they, you know, there was definitely cgi to be done in these days there was
1: i'd like to know where some of these sets are if they are sets or if that they looked actually like went it might have been location
2: a location somewhere that looked like it might have actually been a mat a composite mat painting the the the, the yeah. long shot of the building
1: now you remember the episode of star trek the next generation we did not long ago uh, we'll always have paris mm-hmm. this was the crazy scientist guy that was like being pulled oh. between dimensions
2: he put on some weight between then and, and Star Trek <laughs> The Next Generation. And it I was you that I, pointed out to me, and I
1: never noticed it until you pointed it out that he's got something phallic
2: in his hands in almost, almost every scene. Every in scene in this. I love it. Is it corn dogs? And... <laughs> I love there's, this. A, there's a wonderful touch in this part coming up. Yeah. Look at this! It's like a period painting. They really Mm -hmm. did their homework. They really set it up and directed it, like to have the feel of people.
1: Custer in the front row, right there.
2: (laughs) But this would probably be just what it would have been like with rich people sitting around watching Beethoven perform. You know, this was like a rock concert of its day. And they remembered that he's deaf. I like that. I Uh like that. that was a nice
1: attention to detail.
2: And I like that. I, I I love this. There, that bow. That's awesome. Yep. And now we take our Socrates is like, if I'm going to be in a hallucination, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it. I love it. Now, the object Now, you know that, that I am not a big fan of
1: rock music, both in soundtracks or even like in a movie like this. Right. But this is a moment. Right, in most of the moments in this movie, I feel like they really work, but this one in particular, I love how the rock music comes up in this sequence. It's just there's something about it that just totally Reminds works. Me of
2: Ghostbusters, I love that. The, the look on her face, I'm telling you, she's 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 from the Go Go's. She's gorgeous. She is gorgeous. I've always had that. I've always had the hots for her. She does a really good job of being jo- Joan of Arc. You can. I, there's a few touches with Joan of Arc that are fantastic coming up, but the look on her face when when they show up is is just awesome. Nice little piece of,
0: nice little piece of acting.
1: I love this guy.
2: This is this is this is where Scott and I are are. This is this is eventually where Two True Freaks will lead us. Come here. <laughs> I like that the other women are just standing around like. Uh, there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> See this from this point on in the movie is where they sometimes get a little you know the whole twi- come on and it Genghis goes straight Khan, from Genghis
1: Khan to
2: Abraham Lincoln. I know, That's I know, awesome. And somebody who, was obviously a star. Somebody's Trek on man. their game. Somebody's on their look at that. Look at that set. Mm-hmm. Look at how dressed up that set is. There's a chess game going on, and who grabs Abraham Lincoln? Genghis Khan. Oh, God. buddy. Awesome. Together again.
0: <laughs> That's
2: what I thought when I saw this yesterday. It's like,
0: yay, together Kirk, again. Help me,
2: Kirk. we don't have any more room. we figure out what's wrong with I like how all the historical guys are just like, it's my hallucination. I'm going to enjoy it. So what happens when they come out of the thing and if they're all standing out? <laughs> I know. Okay. Do they just pile up like like uh, old 40s teenagers outside of a phone booth or something? Just like crushing Abe, Abe Lincoln underneath them from the centrifugal awesome. force. Now, at this point, I like this guy who plays Napoleon. He does a great job. You know who would have? Been, I looked at this and I'm like, you know who sh- would have been great as Napoleon, and this guy's sort of channeling him a little in the scene. Rowan Atkinson. Who's that? Mister Bean. Oh, okay, yeah. I could totally see, I could, Ro- yeah, Mister Bean see yeah. doing this scene, especially. I love. I this saw though. this He's-
1: guy in something not long ago, but I cannot for the life of me remember what it was. Now it was like a commercial or something that I saw him in.
2: He's got a good prick face. He does a great, just like I just love first. that he's
1: really speaking French. I think that that's a beautiful detail because they they totally could have just fudged that. They didn't. That's that's one of those added little details
2: of realism that. Well, if this movie was like a serious time trip, I love he's. Re- I love that they gave him <laughs> subtitles for saying <laughs> shit though. But um, yeah. There, even if this was a, I love that he has a stomach ache from all that piggy. Piggy ice cream too, (laughs) but um, even in a serious time travel movie, they might have fudged it and had everybody speak in English. You know what I mean? Right. Do that all the time. It's just so accepted in movies. I love it when they, I love it when they take an outrageous situation and they add. (laughs) (laughs) Any scene of somebody getting thrown out on their ass is funny. Idiot. (laughs) (laughs) That's a. That totally reminds me of Clouseau. Yep. Of a... I just I love see again with the music. I love
1: the scene. You know, here you've got the Emperor of France walking out into this mall. You know, mm-hmm. and it's I love that. It's great. Uh, the music in that part is just. And I don't the know. little
2: kids have ditched him.
1: Yep. <laughs> Now, there's a deleted scene here in this part that I would love to see what it was all about. It's it's the background, because I can remember seeing a picture. And I think it might have been on the back of the DVD. I forget. I'm mean, not the DVD, but the VHS. I forget. But there was a picture where it's, it's, in, it's in this setting, and it's Lincoln with his hand on Genghis's chest like he's holding him back from doing something. And I'd love to know what that was all about.
2: I love uh also you get a little bit of history of history that's gone disgusting I know and he's just squishing it in his hand it's, and the sound effects that they add to it it's just like full of historical This is that spits. scene
1: I was talking about just listen to music in this part save the humans
2: but um Look, historical on note, their faces they used to make pudding cans out of metal Oh yeah I forgot about that yeah. the metal pudding cans now they're all plastic that totally that. brings me back to camping as a kid. Is, it looks like the guys from the
1: Geico commercial,
2: doesn't yes, it? Yes, 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 they totally do. They do. They have, they, wow. It, see, th- they didn't explain the gum in the one's mouth, so that might have been a deleted scene is something to do with those Neanderthals. See, in this scene, what made me think it was weird is is uh, Rufus gestures to the, for them to get into the phone booth. But he actually gets in that phone booth and goes away, and then another phone booth comes in. So I don't know why he's I... gesturing for him to get into his phone booth. But that's just a little weird thing. It, it was in the original version. George Carlin hated being in movies. He just didn't consider himself an actor, so... Would it you says, say that
1: this is arguably his most memorable role, though? Because I would. Oh, well, it's this definitely is his probably, most memorable. Yeah,
2: he wasn't in movies very often because he hated. Be- he was in Car Wash, I believe. Was but he? I-, I believe he was in Car Wash. Oh,
1: car- I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking. Used Cars. I was. Used like, Cars. No. Yeah, no. Car Wash. He-
2: yeah. He was in a few movies. I hear he was great in Kevin Smith's Jersey Girl. I hear he's the. The high point of Kevin Smith's Jersey Girl, and I know all this because I remember hearing Kevin Smith talking about how hard it was to <coughs> talk him into doing it, or how he didn't think he would do it because he didn't like doing doing um, movies. And you could tell his delivery is a little flat in here, but I—it's just awesome to see. George, you know, it's almost like he gets the movie gets a stamp of approval. <laughs> Which not much got George Carlin's stamp <laughs> of at, approval. Look at fruits right up against though. I know, <laughs> like I know. he's just facing the corner, the, faced backwards. He's faced backwards all the while they're talking. He's just sitting in the phone booth, mashed into the corner. And I love how amenable she is to. They're just like drive us around. They even get her to drive like horribly. Look at that headset.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> radio. Listen to the radio on it.
1: <laughs> you could see. Genghis you K- could.
2: <laughs> well, he's got a bunch of notorious lady killers. He's got Beethoven was. Beethoven was. See, Beethoven immediately is like hello, but get uh, like Genghis Khan, Joan of Arc. <laughs> Look at this, see, Beethoven still just like he's just like hi. <laughs> Dennis Frude abraham lincoln
0: <laughs>
1: she never even questions like where did this phone exactly. come from how are all
2: these people piling out of it california man see see freud's got the vacuum cleaner and he's got was that socrates in his boxers there yeah he was ironing his toga I love that Genghis Khan is like, mm, drink. And Billy just <laughs> <puts Yeah>. the- <laughs> the, It's the 80s. There's a montage. See,
1: again, with, with Freud in a, in a phallic object there. Billy's spitting on the plates to clean them. That's awesome.
2: Well, this is also a callback to uh, A Clockwork Orange, a famous sex scene in The Clockwork Orange with undercrank camera and, and the same in the William Tell overture. I love that they that they tell everybody to watch their robes on the escalator. <laughs> <laughs> now, this scene logically doesn't make sense with all the characters going... Biz- you know, I don't believe these characters would actually all get into trouble by going, you know, in the mall at the same time. Oh, come on! But at this point, well, they they get into trouble actively. They, 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 they go looking for trouble, Genghis Khan especially. But all of them, are, you know... Most people, being a stranger in a strange land, would be sort of like observing and stuff. These guys start causing a ruckus, but it serves the story at this point. So you know, it doesn't bother me at all. I love this. this There's is a guy so in the
1: audience that is so totally me in this one part. The I look love at all it. of
2: them; they all look generally genuinely. Even him, he he he's good at looking bored.
1: I think it's in this part too, if I'm not mistaken.
2: And that old lady with the weird shaped head Watch. is just like...
1: There's yeah. <laughs> a guy shaking his head going, oh, for Christ's yeah. sake. <laughs> okay.
2: Look around, see what you think. We'll be back as soon as we find Napoleon. Okay? Freud's looking at his straw. <laughs> see? <laughs> he literally pulls the straw out and looks <laughs> at you it like... You ditch Napoleon?
0: Oh. He was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: like the same ball field from um,
2: Bad News Bears?
1: No. Uh, oh, God. The Jason Robards movie that I love so much. Oh, you got me. Oh, What's the name of that movie? That's another one I'd love to do a commentary for one day. Um, Max it Dugan mean? Returns. I oh, love I've never that seen movie. That. You've I've never seen really that? Good. No, I've oh, I, it's I really love good. that movie.
2: Water slides, dude. We had Water Fun Village yep. we were little kids.
1: <laughs> Napoleon gets in as a child.
2: <laughs> where does he get his, his Napoleonic-era bathing suit, though? That's an authentic bathing suit from that era, but where did it come from? I just thought
1: it was like he's stripped down to his skivvies, basically.
2: I guess so, but he's also got a bathing cap. I don't think those uh, that's more like a bathing suit from those days. That's more like what somebody would wear to the beach This is just great how he approaches it (laughs) I haven't been on a water slide in so long that'll have to be a project for that'll have to be a project for um when we do Star Trek when we do Star Trek uh Celebration, we gotta go Star to- Star Wars? Got, Star Wars, yeah, Star Trek <laughs> We all gotta to go to a water park, man, yes. and shoot, shoot the hair metal hero out of one of these things like a cannon.
1: <laughs> you need to do the water coaster, dude, that's that's at uh, over at a Typhoon. Okay. That would be awesome.
2: Yeah, you don't have to ask me twice. I'm sure a water park will be just what the doctor ordered in August in Florida. The, Orlando, the see-through
1: Florida. nature of his bathing suit makes me extremely uncomfortable in this entire part of the movie. Especially though. the way he's handling uh, those
2: kids, yeah. Maybe that's why they kept him on his belly, though, for all these shots.
1: That could be. That could very well be.
2: <laughs> my mom, <laughs> see? Yeah, my mom got me a... And like, hi, little girl. My mom got me a white bathing suit when I was a kid once and I used it once and was just like holy shit that was the worst idea I've ever had in my life that's the worst (laughs) idea for a bathing suit I've ever seen in my life Who? the little girl that was like two girls behind him up there was just awesome she was like shivering and looked genuinely like pissed off to (laughs) he's a
1: total little kid they're having to drag him out I love it when you can be firm trim when you can have a body that cries out look at me admire me Without oh she is such a doll
2: Now, was it you who was telling me she's like uh, big into like sm crazy no
1: who were we t- We were just talking about a couple maybe it was michael bailey, was michael was bailey who was
0: about that yeah.
1: Us yeah i didn't even realize she a- was from the go-go's until uh, i just
2: heard that i'd heard that too i heard she yeah but you know, what What that means, I don't know, you know, because one person's idea of what s is, I don't, you know, maybe someone saw her on the internet in a costume or something, so I don't know. I love this. What would happen? I like he's like, what are you, a musician? Yeah. <laughs> I love the salesman's look. He's just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, my question is,
0: Mm-hmm.
2: When when he starts playing, how the hell does he get that keyboard to to be a guitar? Because all that music, all that when he's playing, it's all guitar soloing. It's it's right. just hilarious. I love watching it. No, Sigmund Freud is buying a yes. <laughs> Sigmund Freud reminds me of the character Les Nessman also from WKRP in Cincinnati. That is some '80s hair. That's what all the girls Scott and I went See, to high school. See, he tips the like. dog down. Yeah, he's too. just like, "Hello, yeah."
1: As he's being rejected, he he lowers yeah. it low. It's just yeah. it's it's brilliant. I love
2: that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now this guy must have been some, some... martial arts expert. Oh he's, yeah, yeah, he he's is insane. He's insane with this bat when he starts swinging it around. This guy knows his shit.
1: I think that they need to go into those enhanced Star Treks, and in the Savage Curtain, they need to give him a metal baseball bat in that episode. Yeah, that would be awesome.
2: See now this <laughs> I buy this I buy him being like ah new weapon or so but everybody you know abraham lincoln getting in trouble okay
1: well he just gets in trouble because this guy thinks that he's yeah. got props that but belong they could to work, him
2: they could abraham lincoln's a lawyer he could work it out really he could say hey well <laughs> go you know check you see see your hat's still there you know we'll check the label or something I love, I love it he shoves him backwards
1: and runs see this piece of music here is one of my favorites in the movie I think this is just a great piece of music.
2: It's Beethoven. Well, this is just a this is a great montage. That you know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I I don't think it works with the characters a hundred percent, but it's just great. It, like like I see, I don't see Beethoven getting hauled out of this store because he's jamming out because he's pulling people in there. He's right. Got, yeah. He's got a million people around. Yeah, that
1: thing. His his arrest never made a whole Doesn't lot. Doesn't make a sense. sense. Just in the story, them.
2: it does. <laughs> I love this boing.
1: Unless if it's guilt by association, you know? Right. <laughs> He's got a cap gun. Well, see, now, this guy keeps looking at his watch like it's closing time or something, so.
2: Yeah. What does he got? A, a kick me kick sign, me sign on on his, his back, yeah. I demand I'm an lawyer. Don't get smart with me, buddy. Let's go. And another note. The, the music went dun, 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 at the end of that it's like so <laughs> Be- Beethoven I think shaving a haircut was written like in the 30s or something how does Beethoven <laughs> know shaving a haircut now Joan of Arc should have taken those security guards right out she was a little ass kicker <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> come on grandpa <laughs>
2: Bogus! Hey, it's just like Frankenstein in the Monster Squad. See, here's like, it's like, get this guy out of there. He's he's pulling people into the store like crazy.
0: <laughs> Mom, can't you go any faster?
2: <laughs> I like this. She's like, okay. She's trapped well, out the middle of the road. She's a bad. She's a total bad girl. You know, if if you really pay attention to the, this movie, you can see how many people she's slept with in the past, and she's thinking about sleeping with in the future. <laughs> This guy reminds me of Herb Tarlick from uh, WKRP. <laughs> and I like that they always, in the 80s, there was always a guy with the mohawk. Right, the poofy, yeah, the, the poofy mohawk. Station, yeah. He's smoking a cigarette lately, and I was wondering, like, that's another thing. It's like there's people inside smoking cigarettes. It looks so weird these days to see someone sitting in an in- an office inside smoking a cigarette without anybody, like, going, <coughs> going you got to get the hell out of here, man, that... No smoking inside here.
1: What's your birthday, Mr. Lincoln? February twelfth, eighteen oh nine. Doesn't miss a beat, I love that. <laughs> and here's every kid that we went to school with. <laughs>
2: But I love it because he's actually kind of a sympathetic character right here because you no, can tell he's no, it's not. Yeah, I know. But you know, you could tell he's like he's got <laughs> the a stage guy right. in the front's going and come on, say it, dude, or we're gonna kick your ass.
1: Yep. See, so he just got an A because he plugged the high school football team. Yep.
2: That was our high school. One hundred percent. And the teacher just like Jesus Christ. But a couple of the other teachers are like, mm-hmm,
0: yes, <laughs> good.
2: Look at that station wagon. I know. You don't see remember many when, of those driving around anymore. You
1: remember when you could actually sit in the back of the of the station wagon and like play with your action figures and stuff while your parents drove you all over the place? Yeah,
2: they were fucking boats, man, those things. It reminds me of that hearse that we went to Pennsylvania with that <laughs> yes. one time to visit yeah. your aunt. <laughs> Did you just call me butt, Dad? Military school was also like one of the worst threats that you could ever be threatened with in the 80s. They were always every kid was like, "If you don't straighten out your act, you're going to military school. Your life is over." Can
0: we get your dad's keys? Could but he
2: This is this is just one of the most awesome jokes about movie story time travel shortcuts ever. It makes so much sense out, but I remember when I saw this in the movie the, for the first time, I'm like, oh, this is just so brilliant. how they just yeah, <laughs> by just making the decision to do stuff. Well, I mean, here they are, <laughs>
1: two of the stupidest characters, and they're smarter than any other time travelers I think I've seen <laughs> in anything else that they realize, duh, we have a time machine. We have all the time that we could possibly need. Because we can time travel, well, I love it. that they, It is,
2: it's brilliant. They sort of set it up at the beginning that it's like, no, well, Sandima's time is always good, but that—that's kind of just a little fudgy thing that they made up. Putting the moves on her, I love that. Yeah. And he would have, he would have succeeded too. I have a feeling almost any older guy that like put the moves on Missy at the, at, in this story—that was her character. This and is one of my. Uh, I'm sorry? Everybody's office cubicle has a little thing with a saying on it, too. If you smoke around me, don't it exhale.
1: This is one of my few nitpicks with this movie. I never liked this scene. I figured if they were going to use the, the time travel to get the keys thing, they shouldn't use it again. And they use it two more times. They use it with the tape recorder and the timer thing, which I just thought was really dumb. And then the trash can thing, which, again, I thought was really, really dumb. I felt like one time, you know, getting away with that trick one time was brilliant. And it then was fresh and this yeah. movie. So yeah. they
2: got away with it, but on on further viewings, yes, they did overuse it for sure. And still, they should there should be a shot of them sneaking in and putting that tape recorder in there, going by themselves, you know. How do they get the tape recorder over there? It should have been a sort of Back oh, to the Future. Do you remember there montage. ever being
1: tape recorders that had a timer on them?
2: I don't remember them. But yeah, I mean, don't remember that. That's either. why. They, and it's funny they have whole like audible conversations here. Here's where the guy's smoking. Where Mister. See, it's a Mohawk. It's not. They just put his hair up to make it look like a Mohawk. But there's meanwhile there's guys like two inches away from him who don't hear him. But this duck thing, that got ripped off for the Matrix movie. (laughs) Did it? Yeah, there was that scene in the beginning where he gets on the phone and they, like, get him out of his office by, you know, going, okay, crawl under this desk, and then somebody would walk by, and they're like, you have 10 seconds to get from here to here, and he evaded people by, it was someone on a cell phone, but it was just sort of the same sort of idea as that duck scene. This See, is a-
1: I don't want to risk mountains of, of hate mail by, by venturing my opinion of the Matrix. I, I will just say that I was vastly underwhelmed by the time I finally did make the time to watch it.
2: I love that scene of of Joan of Arc. Think, you. know, She's praying, and then she's like, oh, thank right. you, God. Because <laughs> it's Joan of Arc. She was totally out of her mind and, like, super um, self-centered sort of character, you know? Or, you know, self-important sort of character. So I, I really like that that little shot. Yeah, I... Uh,
1: now, why does he think to go straight to the jail cell?
2: Yeah, yeah. Remember to assault my dad. And we'll even write Wild Stallion's Rule just as a little fuck you to his dad. <laughs> I
1: just noticed that on the wall of the jail where there was written, E, e equals MC squared. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I never noticed that before. In conclusion, I think
0: Abraham Lincoln would be most impressed with
2: the word- I always wondered why we never got Abraham Lincoln <laughs> his rebuttal to this. <laughs> oh, dude. Harsh. That's the '80s. I, how did they get this whole light show together?
1: All I can think is that it, it's got to be where you know they they did a whole lot of retro stuff, you know, with the time machine, you know, setting everything right. up. And but again, you know, this is all done as a montage too. I mean, you know if yeah, you kind of read between the lines it looks like this report could go on for hours you know, exactly if, if, if they're giving equal time to all of these
2: historical figures it's a whole stage performance it's sort of like the carousel <laughs> it's a, the what, what what was it called the carousel of tomorrow at the
0: or
1: progress yeah progress carousel yeah.
2: progress it, this is also like this also reminds me of the hall of presidents and then Abraham Lincoln comes out and yep standing in the background I'm going to shoot live ammo over a crowd of kids. Right. (laughs) In this day and age, he'd be taken out right here. (laughs) As soon as he pulled the gun out, there'd be a security guard like, pop, pop, pop. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He wouldn't have got past the metal detector, actually. (laughs) And now people applaud him as the, the hot glass showers down upon them. (laughs) I'm glad that half shirt style went away, in the straight world anyway. It's very, this is, this is very Hall of Presidents, it's just great, everybody
1: stands
2: on. Their clothes are still pretty clean. I
1: just don't get the vest thing. Because I think most of his, you know, most of their their clothes are pretty authentic to the time, but I don't remember, did people wear those goofy vests like that?
2: I think it was, yeah, maybe. I think it was maybe, it just sort of works with Keanu Reeves and the way he's built. It makes right. him look, you know, I mean, now it's part of his, his character, you know, it's totally part of his character, so you associate him with it. Right. But, um... Yeah, it was the 80s, you know, people were like, you know, that st- there people, yeah, guys were accessor- accessorizing clothes, you know, they were wear like, had the big puffy shirts, you can see almost everybody, the jocks have their, j- or always look like jocks, but everybody has like, you know, a shirt that you would tie around your waist and stuff, <laughs> I like that he knows what an edible complex is too, or that 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 Bill knows what an edible right. complex is, and Missy knows what an edible complex is too. I like that it hints that she's slept with their teacher in the past. Yeah,
1: too. yeah, I thought I thought that as well.
2: I always wondered what happened. I heard there were plans of making like for the last 10 years I've heard a couple times that they were planning on making a, a new Bill and Ted's movie.
1: Supposedly there is one in the works, but I don't again I don't know, you know, until it actually materializes, I don't know. How, how would you that pull works. that
2: off with yeah. an adult Bill and Ted? It would be
1: Well, I mean, you know, not to spoil ahead too much because I know that eventually we do plan to do, you know, the sequel, but just by the way the second one ends i don't know you know where, where can you right. go from that you
2: right
0: know? exactly
1: but i definitely do want to do the second one at, at some point because i like that movie a lot i think that's a, a very underappreciated movie
2: i think i i personally i think it's a better movie in many ways in this movie And for some reason everybody's eating their pudding too Beethoven's favorite works include Mozart's Requiem, Beethoven's doing a little Thomas Dolby action there
0: plans <laughs> a Yeah.
2: I mean, I used to—I used to know people in high school wear those half-shirts all the time.
1: I Got a little Herbie Hancock going on out there in the.
2: Yeah, everybody's uh, got their 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 pudding packs. Although, uh, to the benefit of the movie, it was for some reason other than promotion because it's like a generic pudding. It's not like right. a brand name pudding. So for some reason, so everybody in the audience has pudding for for unknown reasons. I love this part. <laughs> yeah, it's Abraham Lincoln. It 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 is, and it, it, and it's pretty much like the Hall of Presidents. The Hall yeah. of Presidents, yeah. you know my two roommates are fascinated with Lincoln and they're trying to figure out why and I'm like why are you guys even asking that from birth we're taught what an awesome you know like how horrible slavery was and Lincoln is the president that freed the slaves so you know and look at him he's the most like he's iconic there's just so much to love for he was in Star Trek yep come on He ba- basically he has become probably in most people's minds, him and George Washington, just like your classic idea of an American president. You know, tough but tough but smart, a stern stern father figure sort of person.
1: Hold on, dudes! <laughs> I just love the look on his face. and Look at him. He's, he's got the whole lanky thing down, you know? Where his, his shirt sleeves are a little too short. Too his short. legs are a little, you know, the, the pant well, the legs are a little too too high up. His shirt
2: sleeves are doing the, the Pee Wee Herman thing. Yep. At this point, a lot of people have sort of seen these telephones booths do their things and they're just sort of like hey (laughs) whoa all right whatever (laughs) i i I think um bill's father just sort of shrugs when he sees yeah the sparks on the ground like that but that's highly unusual a little stem silence and then they're just like huh interesting (laughs) that was a great effect yeah
1: Where'd all the lighters come from?
2: Yeah, everybody. The, yeah, well, it's California. All these kids are smokers. <laughs> I, I I like this too. It's like we've had this whole adventure, and look, we're still idiots. <laughs> yeah. What, what's up with that? Shouldn't we just be able to play our guitars? <laughs> Bill, what's, up, Ted?
1: what's the back of his shirt say?
2: can't read
1: it. Yeah, I can't read it either.
2: It's hard to say. Quarter three M. Quarter century 3M. It's a 25th anniversary shirt for 3M.
0: <laughs>
2: Eddie Van Halen again. See, that's like... That's why stuff happens, because that's a, that's their big moment is where they decide to learn to play. That's why Rufus is like, all right, they made the decision. They're going to actually learn to play their guitars. Time to get them laid. See, these girls should have been like, where see, the hell did you guys go? See, this
1: is another instance where I think that this movie has strong parallels to Back to the Future, because the original Back to the Future, I can remember when the second one was being made that Zemeckis and the writers acknowledged the fact that the ending of that movie kind of left them a little bit at a disadvantage because they never intended there to be a sequel, you know? So they had to kind of clean up the ending of the first movie a little bit in order to carry forward with a new story. I think the same thing happens here. I've never been entirely comfortable with the thing with him rescuing the princesses because it's it's one of those like comedy endings where you're not really supposed to think about it too much, but he just plucked these two princesses out of time. now where are they gonna live
0: yeah, Exactly. He's, these are
1: still two kids in high school. It's not like' they're with suddenly their parents. Yeah, with yeah, their dads. yeah yeah that they're suddenly gonna shack up with Bill and Ted, but that's the implication here, you know. That, you know, here, these are your women for, you know, your reward for, you
2: know, a, a job well done. You know, here's your women. And it's like, no, these are two kids in high school. Well, Rufus Gate got them clothes and credit cards, so maybe he set them up maybe <laughs> with set their own up apartment a, or something. Yeah, or great. With a bank, there several with a bank a <laughs> <laughs> Well, you never know. You never know how hard, how long Rufus has had them giving him a little tutorial on, um, on modern life or whatever, who knows? You know. Yeah, but to the because credit... it's time travel, he could have taken him back to the future and. Right. Yeah, but to the credit of the writers,
1: though, you know, they didn't ignore it in the next one. You know, they they were still around. They, you yeah. Know, they, they were still a part of the story.
2: They kind of have to be at this point because they become the, the band of the universe. And this is another scene that I like too. It's just like. You know, I want and and Rufus wanting to jam with them. I like that. You know. Oh yeah. It's a, you know, it's like a Beatles fan going back. And yeah, exactly. going, hey, yeah can I jam with say. you guys.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, a Beatles fan going back to one of those you know German bars and wanting oh, to you know jam with sit you know, in the, with the them. Silver Beetles or something. You know. Yeah.
2: And or, that Rufus and
1: Dogs. You know.
2: Yeah, and the and that Rufus like outstrips him by miles <laughs> it's very obvious that, that he's that not is playing that yes. they're just like make guitar face cause he's not an actor he was like probably trying his hardest <laughs> Rufus is one of my favorite names of all time too I love that name I don't know if it's just because it sounds close to doofus. <laughs> I just love that name. It has such it's a it's dog a, name myself. I always thought Rufus it is a dog name too, dog. but I like dog names on people too. I don't know. I'm weird. And I like that they actually suck. Although, you know what? The, the guitar playing is a little better than it actually should be.
1: They do get better. I and like Dino that.
2: De Laurentiis, one of uh, Dufo De Manzo's, uh contemporary. <laughs> Bibles.
0: <laughs> yeah, one, they have one, They one. have that love hate
1: thing going on.
2: <laughs> I think mostly Dufo Clarence loves him. Clarence Clemens, it was him. It was Clarence you were Clemens. Right. Fee Wable, okay. Fee Wable was from um, the um, She's a Beauty, One in a Million Girls. He was the lead singer from. Uh, do that again. What was that band? <laughs> the bartender's name was
1: Duncan McLeod. Duncan Isn't that the MacLeod. character from the, the Highlander TV series?
2: <laughs> it very well might be. What the hell was that band that, that Feeway Bill was in? Uh, My band has gotten compared uh, uh, to uh, it, and I can't remember them. I, I can't remember.
0: I'll remember one day. He's
2: a he's a weird. He was that weird lumpy. He's a weird looking guy to begin with. They were a crazy band. They were one of those bands that started out doing weird character stuff on stage and then had like two hits on MTV.
1: What's weird is you know some of these songs are are arguably you know uh, classics now because of this movie. But these bands that did them, I mean, it's like every one of them on the set you just look at them and go who yeah
2: no to me i like there's some good guitar work on this rock music but it's pretty generic 80s movie music you know very super produced overly produced with really good guitar players wailing on it but it's sort of made to i don't know i i i'll argue that it's a hell of a tubes. lot better than
1: something like say like in teenage mutant ninja turtles or you know just about any of the other yes. 80s or 90s movies of the of this you know right around the same time where the Ooh. you know like like you know the the b side of the terminator set you know the original terminator soundtrack with all those super cheesy ass songs that were in there yeah. i mean it just was painful to listen to. I mean, this is a soundtrack <laughs> you can actually put on and listen to. You know, I was listening to this, you know, when I was walking on the treadmill today, you know, <laughs> Say so. and and I, I found it, you know, very listenable. And this is really not at all my kind of music, you know, but I, I enjoyed it, you know, for the most, you know, there were one or two tracks. I was like, yeah, I can skip past this one. But for the most part, you know, I, I like them a lot. And you know, can't break away by uh, by Big Pig. I think that's just a great. I really have always liked that. Because for a time there, there was there were several of those Australian bands that popped up in like the the eighties and early nineties, and it's you know some of them made a, a you know a big splash and then just kind of just disappeared. You know, and they were I, one of them.
2: I, rec- I recognized one of the names. Lee Ving was in there, and he was. I can't remember what. I'm being really bad. The Tubes are what F- Fee Weibel was. Oh, they even had the guy who did the solo for Ruf- Rufus's solo got yeah. a credit in there. War and Peace, that was the stock footage. Yeah.
1: <laughs> We're going to have to do the the second one at some point cuz the more yes. I get to thinking about that, there's a lot of good trivia in that one too. Cuz I there's always a, like the oh, fact this. that that one's got a Star Trek Star in Trek. it. Yeah, they're watching Star Trek and then a little bit later they actually go out to that the actual spot. scene of this of the part they were watching in Star Trek they actually go there that's where they get chucked off the rock
2: I, I love that that i i i wish we were rich man that would be a great two true freaks road trip <laughs> i would even build a gorn suit to recreate those scenes out on that cuz you can go there still it still looks at that rock is still there And it looks the same and you can go there, you know, they'll tell you how to get there because it's famous. I'd love to, I'd love to, this is so awesome, you know, knowing that you're walking around in that place where Shatner had that terrible fight with the Gorn. (laughs) Well, what do you think? I liked it.
1: You can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com, please be aware that if you use the Amazon.com link located on our website, www.2TrueFreaks.Libson.com, Two True Freaks will receive a referral bonus for any items you purchase. There is absolutely no additional cost to you whatsoever for doing this. All proceeds go directly toward keeping new episodes of all your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated podcasts rolling, and it really helps us out. So please... Use our Amazon.com link anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. Visit our website at two twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S.
2: Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com The film Bill and Ted's Excellent
1: Adventure is available on DVD, as well as the soundtrack on CD,
2: at Amazon.com. Be sure to visit Amazon.com through the link on our website. That way, the freaks get their cut.
0: Party on,
2: dudes!